with Hectic's podcast and today we are going through a few more articles by Seth Godin. I do find them very, very pleasing for the ears, for the eyes. Um, I just think they are worthwhile going through and I have a bit of a feeling that something might be broken and I have another feeling that I could indeed also have some real-time monitoring uh, properties no here on 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 OBS which I am using monitor hello can I hear myself no I don't I don't know might be able to do so but very quickly I have to see whether the twitch sound is correct okay that is one of the beauties of indeed uh, not recording directly might also not be working in general but who knows the fuck uh-huh this might be this might be the issue. So everything seems to be quite fine. Yes, everything is good. And everything is good to go. So shut the fuck up. And let's get going, motherfuckers. Yeah, nice. What does it mean to be smart? That's actually very interesting to me. Because I always wonder whether um you know what what makes one smart and also the usefulness of being smart i guess i'm not quite sure i think um but still something is different i don't know what it is have i fucked with this shit there i don't really know but i don't really think so as well hello hello because this doesn't do that much anymore. And you? Neither. Neither one of those things is doing anything. I feel like. So it might be an OBS issue for whatever reason. Uh, which is bothering me quite a bit. OBS is really nice in general but that seems to be the case so so I don't know what's up there again what is wrong you know why nothing is is changing with this what if I turn it down <laughs> nothing seems to be happening there as well which is really strange really really strange but it's fine it is what it is as long as this one is working and it seems to be working relatively fine everything is good to go anyways what does it mean to be smart you probably know that Bruce Wayne is actually Batman that is a secret identity that most of us are aware of and if you're up on uh, pop culture you know that's the best Batman was played by the late actor Adam West 
Visit the visual search engine Lexica, though, and you'll see that it knows that Adam West was Batman. A search for Adam West with no mention of roles, so DC Comics or Secret Identities, shows us this. And there we have a bunch of pictures of Batman. It is important to note that none of these are pictures of Adam West in or out of costume. It simply knows that Batman, I'm sorry, that Adam West is Bruce Wayne is Batman and shows us some reconstructed images of Batman from the 1960s. It also knows that we might be looking for Batman even though it is a secret. The new algorithm is using is more than twice as good at figuring out what a picture is uh, a picture of. When a human does something mysterious like this sort of leap, we simply call them smart. It is a simple way to describe something we don't understand, complexity and breadth mixing. Is it breadth? I think it is breadth, whatever this means, in mysterious ways. And now computers are doing it all the time, except when they don't. Lots of their searches are not quite ready for the public. Which is interesting. Um, it is interesting thought about being smart and or not being smart, being um, trying to be smart. I do believe that Seth Godin is a very tremendously smart person. That's uh, for sure the case. Um, why I think that? I mean, he wrote multiple bestsellers. He uh, he has a decent net worth. And which doesn't have anything to do with being smart, but um, regarding what he is doing, which is marketing, I do still think that there must be, um, you know, some, some correlation. Yes. Period. Let's see. Um, but I wouldn't doubt that you're smart or you're, you're well, that you're not smart. I think it, it is always quite difficult because what is smart? You know, I might be smart in certain ways and somebody else might be smart in some completely different ways, which is, I think, you know, it's completely fine. It's it's what it is. It's, um, it's okay. You know, some people might be very good athletes. Some people might be very good in, in maths or some other shit. It really doesn't matter. You know, it, it just is what it is, you know, we can't change it anyways. So why should one be bothered by it? Why should one be like, okay, uh, I hate it. I hate that I'm not smart in this or that way. I can understand it though. Um, it might be frustrating for some people that, uh, um, you know, are not really good at certain things they would like to be good at. But on the other hand, um, you can't change it. You can do your best and you can do some work and you can learn and you can do whatever the fuck, but, uh, that is quite it, isn't it? You know, you can't do that much more. Um, it is what it is, quite. It really is. Let's see. The speed of change. Moore's law talks about the fact that computer chips get faster and cheaper over time. It's quite compounding, I think, but I'm not quite sure. It turns out that the biggest shift to our culture isn't the changing speed of a computer chip. It is what happens when we network humans together. Adding more people to the internet has accelerated science, politics, and every element of culture. The echoes happen faster, the learning is exponential, and connected communities head up and morph even faster. Since used, science used to be a solo 
endeavor among which some peer plans could figure out genetics today there are a million people advancing the work of millions of people with new updates coming all day long the problems are dramatically more difficult but the solutions are possible because we are multiplied i'm sorry we have multiplied the speed of change thinking of problems as things for individuals to solve is hopelessly out of date yeah um there is a lot of beauty i think and i believe in uh, the internet and what it does and what it does to us and what is there a difference in sound when i'm doing it like this versus doing it like yeah there is might be a, a tremendous difference yeah it is a tremendous difference when i'm doing it anyway um of course there is a lot of beauty in um, what the internet brought us and what uh, we are able to do with the internet it it is amazing and insane at the same time but um, of course on the other hand there are a lot of things that are not that pleasant um you probably have a lot of things in mind you know and i also myself have a lot of things in mind i don't have to be specific here but um we could leverage that you know we could leverage the internet and uh do something good and spread something good make something good uh create something good using the internet itself or just using it as as a way to deliver things as a way to uh transport things i think it's amazing i think it is great uh regarding that but uh of course there are always going to be certain drawbacks and uh whatever regarding many things regarding a lot of things let's see cultural distress and consumerism i want to see that but at first i probably have to change something a little bit here Does this make more sense? I don't know. But I think so. I think it does. I'm a bit closer to where I should be speaking, I think. Cultural di- distress and consumerism. Consumerism being one of the things that I don't want to say I hate it. But sometimes I don't understand it. You know, to, to sometimes a really big degree, I just don't understand it. I don't understand what's the deal with, you know, always having the newest shit and always having this cool um dress and whatever for decades marketers and politicians have been working to amplify cultural distress a heck on our emotions not the tragic emotional distress of being unable to care for your kids find a place to live or deal with trauma but the invented cultural distress of modern industrialized societies this is the easily created shame of not having a new suit to wear to the garden party or having to use an old model uh old model smartphone instead of the new one it is the dissatisfaction of knowing that something better is available and the invented discontent that comes from the peer pressure of being left or left left out or left behind 
Or it might be the social shame that comes from not having a big enough presence on social media or the FOMO that watching other people presenting nothing but happiness online can create. It can be amplified with a sort of nostalgia for times when everything was perfect or anxiety about the future when we imagine we won't have enough. Fear of this sort of cultural distress pushes us to simply spend money to avoid it. It is easier to lose your life savings and peace of mind to end-of-life care than it is to simple it is to simply draft a living will. It is easier to give in to the high-pressure tactics of a real estate broker than it is to look squarely at the feelings that you might not actually get this particularly house. Making a budget is hard, paying for not making one is easy. It turns out that selling an easy and convenient way to avoid social pain is a nearly boundless formula for corporate growth, and so people with a lot of resources are still unhappy because they succumb to invented narratives about cultural distress, and then, once they buy something to avoid it, discover that it is still there. Marathon runners don't complain about the tired, because getting tired is a necessary compound of a well-run race. A human beings and human beings are always going to find moments of cultural distress and it's up to each of us to decide what to trade. In the short run and the long run, to deal with it, perhaps it makes sense simply to acknowledge that it's present and that it's just there and we might not be able to do too much about it. That people are spreading it, you know, just because I'm thinking about it, people can, that people are spreading it and that industries are spreading it and, and that marketers are spreading it. But you can for sure do something about it um, when it comes to how we think about it, how we deal with it. As Seth Godin also pointed out, like, and also Viktor Frankl said um, famously that there is always, when something happens and the output, something that we do, and there is a space in between, our reaction and a bit of time for us to think and we can still do that it is not like you made me do this it's not like that i did it because i made myself doing this one thing was just an a factor or or just you know uh, some influence yeah but in the very end i decide what i do what i don't do what i say what i don't say not necessarily how I feel and how I don't feel. This is a bit of a more difficult thing, I think, and I would say. But still, in the end, we quite decide. And with that being said, I'm going to see you the next time, I at least hope. So, 